You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where every episode we discuss a different album from Robert Emery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. We'll be talking about Metallica, Master of Puppets. In the room, I have Alex. Yo, Napot, Kivanok. And Rob. Hey, buddy. And on the line, I have Kyle. Hello there. Master of Puppets is the third studio album by the American heavy metal band Metallica, released on March 3rd, 1986 by Elektra Records. The producer was Fleming Russellman, and Metallica in the genre is thrash metal. And I'm going to read from All Musical Review, Steve Huey. Even though Master of Puppets didn't take a gigantic leap forward as Ride the Lightning, it was the band's greatest achievement, hailed as a masterpiece by critics far outside heavy metal's core audience. It was also a substantial hit, reaching the top 30 and selling 3 million copies despite absolutely non-existent airplay. A hint of conservatism is really the only conceivable flaw here. Though it isn't as startling as Ride the Lightning, Master Puppets feels more unified, both thematically and musically. Everything about it feels blown up to epic proportions, and the band feels more in control of its direction. You'd never know it by the lyrics, though. In one way or another, nearly every song on Master Puppets deals with the fear, powerlessness, Sometimes they're about hypocritical authority, sometimes primal urges, human urges, and in true H.P. Lovecraft fashion, sometimes monsters. Yet the book ending of the album with two slices of thrash mayhem, battery and damage ink, the band reigns triumphant through the sheer force of will and sound of malice. The arrangements are thick and muscular, and the material varies enough in texture and tempo to hold interest through all its twists and turns. Some critics have called Master of Puppets the best heavy metal album ever recorded. If it isn't, it certainly comes close. All right, what do we think of Metallica, Master it, of Puppets? It's definitely in the running for best heavy metal album. It's definitely the best thrash metal album like of that era. Hands down, period, 100%. Uh, Don't fight me with your Anthrax and your Megadeths and your fucking Slayers. Nah, dude. Put this up against Rain and Blood. You're you're, you're out of your fucking no, mind. No, I don't think so. Die. You're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. No. And I'm going to uh, yield my time to the uh, lawyer. <laughs> Alex. So here's the thing about this record. Um, I think I probably wanted to look at this one because this was an album that I listened to a lot between the ages of uh, 13 to 16. Okay. Constantly on, and then I never listened to it again. <laughs> yeah. Until last week. And I have to say, after all these years, I hate it. Really? Right. <laughs> oh, you! I thought it, I don't really? know. I, I remembered it as some so much better than it was, and I just That's have to bit. say, I found it kind of boring. Wow, that's unfortunate. And in some places, even dumb. 
Well, I, I, I had a very strong negative reaction to this places. record, which really surprised me. What was that? The negative, negative reaction? I mean, the so there's one song actually um, that I did find that I still liked, which was, um, well, now I can't remember the, the fifth track. Sanitarium? Uh, no, not Sanitarium. The thing that should not be? No. Um, fifth disposable track? Heroes? Disposable, disposable heroes? heroes. Oh, yes. Yeah, man. So, so that, like, in my, like, as I was listening to it, each song was kind of like, ah, oh, this is not as good as I remembered, until I got to that song, and I was like, actually, I, I, I like this. But everything else just, I don't know, hit me wrong. And maybe it was just the mood I was in at the time, but... Could've I listened been. to it a second time a few days later, and I was like, "Yeah, I really don't like this." Interesting. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, that 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 just made my heart cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's sad. Yeah, and so and then I was thinking about it, and like you know, one of the things that I do like about Metallica is there's a lot of songs that are kind of anti-war, mm-hmm. which is really kind of cool for you know uh, music that is sort of 100% focused on aggression. And then I <laughs> just before the podcast made the mistake of being like, "I wonder actually like." During the Iraq War, did Metallica say anything about well, you, you, <laughs> their feelings you, about that? You can, you can stop with Metallica's <laughs> Black Album and or, or, uh, honestly, live shit, binge and purge. Yeah, and, and you don't you don't have to you don't have to go what about past, Death like, Magnetic, like, Rob. You really don't have to go past nineteen ninety three topside. Yeah. I think the only one. Other one we're gonna get is the black album. No, we're getting S and M, baby. Oh, that's right, we are getting S and M. Yeah, S and M's in there. And we're actually, we're actually, we're, yeah, we're like, we're getting. Uh, we got this one. We've got uh, Injustice for All. Justice. Oh yep. wow. Which okay. I think is an incredible uh, record. Uh, yeah, black album and S and M. Okay, okay. That's, uh, so we, we we have plenty to talk about with Metallica. But getting back to this and Alex. I'm so sorry. This is not your jam. Like, <laughs> I really, I, I had the opposite thing happen to me, where like I kind of like my brother was like he threw all this heavy metal music at me as a kid, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, well, yeah, of course I like heavy metal. This is fun. And then uh, high school found Kyle and the rest of my friends and got into all the post punk shit, um, and then going back and revisiting it. With not nearly as long as you took. <laughs> like, I, I was back to listen to Metallica, like, 2005. <laughs> like, yeah! You know, yeah. My, my thing. And, like, damn, it was on to something. Like, the, the, this, all of this shit just fucking, it, it, it's vital. Um, it makes me feel alive. And, like, there's a little bit of nostalgia tied into it. Like, with Dungeons mm-hmm. & Dragons specifically, mm-hmm. which is weird enough, like, this was, like, oh. Master of Puppets and fucking uh, Ride the Lightning were just, like, constantly going on in the background and Kill them All as well. But, yeah, just, like, the structure and the composition and how blisteringly fast they're playing and make, like, and they're not sloppy. It's, like, yeah. just right on that fucking beat. I, I, I was kind of pissed that, uh, like, Kill em All or Red the Lightning wasn't in this book, but, I mean, honestly, like... Yeah. This is the one. Yeah, this is it, absolutely this, the this one. This is absolutely the fucking one. Um, like, J- James Hetfield stops singing, like, uh, that, that y- his yelps. See, I really, but it's pre, I really like it's, that. It's pre his yeah-yeahs. Mm. <laughs> All that hey, shit. Rob. Yeah, oh, sorry, Kyle. Rob, if I can jump in. Um, yeah, I... Similar to both you and Alex, I got into Metallica in middle school playing uh, role-playing games. It was the Black Album, and it was um, Injustice for All, and it was Werewolf the Masquerade. (laughs) Um, 
So you guys and it went over until, into the graveyards and kicked some uh, stones over, right? No, we were much too Satanist. timid to, to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but Rob, it was you, I think, that got me into like the earlier um, Metallica records in high school when I first met you. And I, I, I listen to Master of Puppets every, every, every once in a while, but at least not in 10 years. So um, it was a, a blast. Just It's been at least 10 years since I've last wow. listened to this record. I think it was around the time that Death Magnetic came out. Wow. And I remember it's a good time to look arguing back with Trey about the that better record. things. Do you remember Death Magnetic? I do. Yes, that was, that was their like return to form. Yes, I remember. I remember Trey's big argument was uh, Hetfield on that record does what um, I'd say post ninety six Hetfield always does, where he ends every line with "Yeah, mm-hmm. wah, <laughs> yeah, yep. here we Ta! go, <laughs> going to a show." So, yeah. so I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion, but I actually think that. Kill 'em all, and specifically his singing style is the best on that record. I like the aggressive. Oh, I, and like yelping. I think yeah. that's. Please do not get me wrong. I love the yelping. Yeah, I, I, I'm a I'm a pro field yelp. Yeah, I mean the lack of yelp in this album is one of the things that made me find it boring. Hmm. Like trapped under ice. Uh, the like creeping death. Like James Hetfield lyrics. Fucking four horsemen. Yeah, man. Like I'm. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. But he found he found a a way to make it work without the yelping. And I think it does this album uh, a service because yeah. it, it lets the um, I don't know, it, it kind of lets the composition speak a little composition bit. Composition is what makes this album the sort of pinnacle, I think. People saw this album and they thought, "Okay, I can see where metal's going. It's Yes, you can play fast. Yes, you can play tight. Yes, it's loud. It's, you know, you're shredding. You can do the solos. But the but how each song is structured into, you know, three, four, five different parts, different time signatures Mm -hmm. and all that composition coming together in in a melodic way. That's what Metallica has always done. Melodic metal, baby. Yeah. Melodic metal. Melodic thrash. Yeah, that that that's. I did. I didn't get to uh, to Slayer until uh, College Town. Yeah, like I, I didn't listen to Slayer until Zach was like, nah. yeah, yeah. And so like I came at it from a. I've listened to all this other shit for a long time, mm-hmm. and uh, so I don't have like. I think they can both exist in this. They they clearly did both exist in this in the same spot. But like my brain always goes more to like I want the melodies. I want the melodies. Right. Not these chromatic runs and all that shit. Like I just want, I want fucking melody. Yeah. I want Kirk Hammett just fucking like shredding fucking yeah. Bach, <laughs> basically. Like <laughs> it, it's crazy. It's crazy how like. Fucking battery starts out at 190 beats per minute and it never fucking slows down. Yeah. Like, I think, I, I think, I think like, the closing one is like 220 beats per minute. Yeah, damage ink. Yeah. 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 Disposable Heroes, 220 beats per minute. Jesus That's fucking too. Christ. And Disposable Heroes is eight minutes and 16 seconds long and it doesn't feel like a day over two minutes. Yeah. yeah. Like, so, it's so good. Do you guys know the double bass drum pedal was invented in 1968? Uh, no, I didn't. Was that a Buddy Rich thing? I have no idea. It's a completely unconnected fact. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I remember reading about a, uh, like, a, 
a thing that Buddy Rich did with two bass drum pedals where he took the spring off just mm-hmm. to show like mm-hmm. how you could do that without a spring. Just like, mm, just, just, bouncing. just by bouncing yeah. your feet. Um, but yeah, the, the pedal itself, I, I didn't know. Yeah. in the Master of Puppets right now. It consists of several different riffs with odd meters and clearly picked middle section with melodic solo. The song shares similar structure with the Four Horsemen of the band's first album. Uh, two verse chorus sets uh, lead into a lengthy interlude to another verse chorus set. The opening and pre-verse sections feature fast downpicking chromatic riffing around 212 beats per minute and mostly 4-4 four, four time. Every fourth bar and each verse, the outro is cut short by more than a beat. The yep. t- time signature of these bars is often idealized and analyzed as being 5-8, but it is performed with a delay after the third beat, making it closer to 21-32. So that's 4 plus 4 plus 5 plus 4 plus 4. Yeah. Okay, that's great. Yeah, it's fucking bad, man. Like, in like, so I'll give you that. So, twenty one thirty two is awesome, but it also just shows like it, it. It harkens a little bit to the Zappa like idea yeah. of like, well, you know, time. What is what is time? Yeah. What what, what do you do with that? Um, and just like, but the ability to fucking like construct a riff, like it never, it doesn't feel chunky. It doesn't feel like trying. This is just how these riffs are written. Yeah. And like, I, for the longest time, I was like just trying to count it like and yeah there, there, there's no there's no conceivable way to the count that you can only feel it yeah just pretty dang neat uh the thing that should not be 2132 sorry i'm just dwelling on that yeah, yeah. so speaking of 2112 do you guys know who uh was originally <laughs> supposed to produce this record uh yeah it was uh what's his nuts uh the drummer from rush nope neil, neil, neil pert getty lee rob not neil New person, the drummer. I'm drunk. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I can tell my own Metallica introduction story, I'm which is you. my brother. He was he was of the time, and he was listening to metal and you know everything that was hard was hard rock. Was your brother a Hesher? Yeah, he he kind of got oh really into metal. He was into sort of Jimi Hendrix stuff and metal, and then he went full like Grateful Dead. He went down the the Grateful Dead path. But he left. Here's what he left, though, for me. Wonderful country boy in northern Indiana. <laughs> he left a 1966 Ford Mustang that he sold to my dad because he needed, you know, a bigger vehicle when he moved. And he left the Metallica tapes in the Mustang. So <laughs> guess what I got to do in high school wow. is... Ta- <laughs> 
rip shit around yeah, Kokomo. is basically <laughs> drive way too fast listening to <laughs> Kill 'Em All, Ride the Lightning, and Master of Puppets. That's fucking and amazing. And I definitely dude. did that. Oh wow! How all the you time. Not now love this. Now to listen to it. It's and that is that is the reason I I, mm. I mean that's kind of the genesis of probably why I like metal so much is it, it just gives that. There's a, there's a calming factor for me too. It's excitement and calming yeah, at the same too. time. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Yeah, listening to this record on the way back from Muncie today, I realized that I was actually accidentally driving like 90 miles per hour. <laughs> <laughs> actually, that did happen to me, even though I do say I didn't like it. I was driving too fast when listening to this. It's like a like a reptile brain kind of thing. You know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any song on here? Because I think the thing that shouldn't be I. It's fine. Totally fine, but I that is the one song that I, I feel is just like a tad tad below. You would others. take that below uh, Leper Messiah. Yeah, probably. Really? You know interesting. You know the word leper is a pejorative, right? The word leper actually com- leprosy comes from lepros, which is Greek for scaling. That Did you know sense. that? It's called Hansen's disease. <laughs> Thank you, lawyer friend. <laughs> The other thing about that song when I was taking notes is I hadn't listened to it for a long time. And the first thing that struck me when I listened to that song, I'm sorry, it just struck me as sort of silly, was um, there's a part where they say, knees, knees, mm-hmm. get on your knees. But all I could focus on the fact was that there's this metal song where he's like, knees, knees. And like just that, those two words just kept like bouncing around in my head. And I couldn't focus on the rest of the song. Is, is that the song? Thought, and then I thought the original, because the, the line before that is, please, please, spreading your disease. But I heard it first as sneeze, sneeze. <laughs> ah, that'll do it. <laughs> sneeze, <And then laughs> sneeze. Spreading your disease. And I'm like, the rest of the song is fucking shot for me. <laughs> uh, that's the song that Mustaine claimed that he was... Yeah, uh, had writing credit. Should have had you know some writing credits. And they with. they later said, yeah, we yeah. we we lift a little bit of a wait. Which one, Leopard Messiah? Or, yep, uh, Leopard Messiah. Yep. Okay. Interesting. I, I can kind of hear it too. Oh yeah. I mean, Megadeth and Metallica are very interlinked, but uh, the um, Sheila wanted me to bring up that uh, if you want to get as articulate as is humanly possible with a uh, guitar, mm-hmm. like just like your chugs or whatever, practice this album in downstrokes mm. and you oh. will like uh, her, uh, her old band all dead. Um, the guitarist, like that, yep. that was, his, that was like the way that he uh, trained for it. And like, the consistency of his like mm-hmm. like just wa- reading the the like the digital bar of like mm-hmm. where he hits on the ones mm-hmm. was perfect the entire time yeah. and he he one hundred percent has that to working on downstrokes with a uh, master of puppets yeah so for any speaking of uh, guitar um so Kirk Hammett reunited with his his mentor to improve his recording efficiency. Do you know who his mentor was? Oh, yeah, Joe Santriani. Santra, Santriani? Satriani? Joe Satriani. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was really interesting. I didn't know that he had yeah. any connection to uh, to Jazz Joe there. But, <laughs> I mean, obviously, why not? Fucking, yeah. fucking Cliff was just a classically, classically trained, like, uh, pianist. Yeah. Like, yeah, man. 
I was trying to actually think about like listen for him in this record, and I had a hard Cliff, time hearing him. Uh, he's he's actually featured on Orion, uh, but you wouldn't pick it up necessarily because it sounds like a guitar. Mm. He's playing it through a wah pedal, and it's got the high end, and so it kind of just sounds like a deep oh. guitar or something. But that's actually a bass. Mm. So that there's is a two neat song. There's two different. Uh, uh, yeah, so, so, solos that he does within it. I really like that song, except for the gong. It's a little cheesy. I mean, everything's. I think that's that's, that's one, the Getty Lee homage, I believe. Yeah, I, mm. I think that's one thing I like about Metallica is they're like, yeah, just make it big, like make it as big as, even if it's kind of silly, even if we're doing our chugs, which is so weird. Like with just the with the compression that is all in everything to like hear the articulate like mm-hmm. notes, like the idea of like. Big implies a like, like a, a more fuller sound, you know. Yeah. Like that, I, I I would have would have hated to beat the boards for this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they did record. I thought it was cool. They recorded in Denmark. 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 Yeah. At Pulled night. In <laughs> <laughs> the middle of the night. In a burning church. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sanitarium always hits me too. But I, I just it, love the ringing out of the. It was my guitar. least favorite of the songs until I remembered how it ends. Yeah. So, this is what went through my head when I heard this song. In an alternate universe, this is a Smith song. Absolutely. Yeah. And Interesting. Then, as soon as I thought of that, I couldn't hear it any other way. But that should be a compliment because Johnny Marr is a it. wonderful guitarist. Yeah, yeah. So Johnny Marr is the only good thing about the Smiths and like, sub- <laughs> and like subject matter and true. like the way that like you know they kind of cast like the lyrics. Like mm-hmm. I was like I could totally you, hear Morrison it, singing this. Do you think we speed up the the background? Like we speed it up twice or three times? Like it'll it sound like a Smith song. <laughs> I don't know. Let's try yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you okay. perhaps fix it in editing. Also, the, the, the song's fun, like, time signature-wise, 4 and 4-6. Four, yep. Like, they're 6-4. Yeah. Yeah. I always counted it in 10, but I just, who am I? I got so... I, I was just very impressed with the their ability to... I mean, I hate to say be commercial or be, you know... But it is melodic. I mean, it's very melodic. and Wonderfully it's, so. But they embrace that. That's great. I, I think it's yeah. wonderful that... that uh, Slayer went the other way. They they wanted the they wanted the more chaotic sound. Metallica has the more melodic sound, and I, I Metallica was taken more from the uh, like the the British invasion. Like, sure, it, yeah. It, like their their big thing was like you know Maiden and fucking Priest. Like yeah, that's who they were getting their their shit from. Yeah, like, I I don't I haven't looked too much into yet. Uh, Slayer's like. Spot in that, but um, yeah, I, I imagine it, it it might differ a little bit. Yeah, it does. Um, and I should probably bring up, yeah, they are one of the first groups to popularize what is called as speed slash thrash metal. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is it. When this yeah. came, I feel like when this came out, this, I, probably this, when Kill 'Em All came out, it it defined that. This broke thrash, but this because yeah. once this one hit, then Anthrax hits, then Slayer yeah. hits, then Megadeth mm-hmm. hits. Like th- th- this was the uh, this was the 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 harbinger of what was to come. Yeah, and and it, and it was so popular that I mean, so popular without radio play. No radio. When did when did Peace Cells come out? Uh, I believe that was. 
We're gonna get to it in a yeah. few episodes, actually. Is it? It's in the book. Right. Yeah. Yep. Fantastic. Uh, Are you guys ready? Oh, go ahead. Rain and Blood is eighty three, and I think Peace Cells. I think it's also. Or sorry, eighty three, eighty six. Eighty six. Thank you. Uh, and yeah, Peace Cells is like on the next page. Eighty six. Nice. So yeah, it was prime time. Did you ever? Uh, did you listen to Venom at all? Uh, not really. I think I had a yeah. like a tape for like a moment, but this this has me thinking back to uh, to that and uh, how I, that 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 was the uh, progenitor of everything that came afterwards. Yeah, like Ve- Venom and Motorhead are what built Thrash. Yeah. to the outro or the oh, sort of ending of Damn. sanitarium yeah i think yeah. this is what Ugh. really i don't know if it's the alcohol but actually now i'm kind of into it yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's our enthusiasm well the, the, at the end that and then also i think this is a great outro that's true i mean that kind of makes this song it's yeah in the intro to battery i i think just those little compositions just their willingness to kind of weave in these these elements that that create the song that that make a progressive that progressive metal. Yeah, but thrash. Yeah, yeah, thrash. It's I'm definitely off. an innovation. Fucking Are you guys bad. ready for the for the David Bowie? Oh my link? god! Yeah. Can, can 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 I just interject one more thing? Uh, like Kirk Hammett's work with a wah pedal. Fucking shit. Yeah. Like pretty good. Wow! Wowie! Yeah. Wow! 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 Yeah. All right. I agree. You said there's David Bowie reference on this? Hell yeah, there is. In, okay, in Master of Puppets, <laughs> there's a guitar riff between the last guitar solo section and the final verse. And like James Hetfield and uh, Cliff Burton both acknowledge this. That's influenced by David Bowie's Andy Warhol. Nice. <laughs> I mean, you know, when I'm thinking about the specific David Bowie songs they would reference, Andy Warhol would be. Yeah, Andy Warhol. Alex, like, what? <laughs> why that one? So, oh, Andy man, I wish Warhol, we could. Silver Screen. Uh, oh, God, I wish we were listening to it right now so I could hear yeah. that. So it's influenced by. Yeah. I thought you were going to go with Leopard Messiah, where, like, that was off of Ziggy Stardust. Oh, like a Leopard Messiah? Yeah. yeah. Oh. They were okay. They were Bowie nerds. Yeah. Wild! I had no idea. That's good. Uh, oh yeah. Also, uh, uh, since we're still listening to Sanitarium, Kyle, uh, we absolutely copped the uh, the ending of uh, High Water from yeah. From, from the I noticed when I was listening to it today. I was like, wait a minute. I know how to play this. It wasn't intentional, <laughs> but here we are. Uh, every song I, on my here fingers just started playing it. Yeah, is about uh, six minutes long. Or or longer, <laughs> yeah. Well, five and a half, or yeah, five and a half or longer. So we're listening to Disposable Heroes now. It just kicked in. So good. It is so good, and I'm trying to figure out why this was the one that like kind of got me. I because it, it's side two, the side two track one. It, it, it it's the it's 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 the most of. Uh, it got me of, of too because it just yeah. feels immediate. Yeah, like it feels like. And it doesn't have those those sort of melodicy yeah elements. It just feels more straightforward yeah. metal thrash. Yeah, 
I think that's why I liked it. It sticks out too because Birchie mentioned that um, this record's a little conservative leaning. Yeah, I, I thought and, that was and an then interesting there's like on this the anti-war. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I thought the the, the write-up was saying it's conservative in the way that it presented. Um, it's not messy at all. So yeah. clean, super clean. But I do feel like Disposable Heroes has a has a, a bit on that. Um, that L- they get there with battery, like the end of batteries, just complete thrash and you know but disposable heroes also is just so fast it feels like insane how fast they're actually going mm-hmm. and it has a lot of breakdowns things like that oh. yeah does not feel like the eight minutes and 16 seconds it actually is yeah and i read the funniest uh, lyrical interpretation i read on the internet yes for please, please. <laughs> i love these the fans are the battery that gives Metallica the power to rock. <laughs> oh, that's awful. Oh, no. Wow. I do have to say that every time I'm changing a battery in my smoke alarm, I do sing this song. Yeah. Kind of under my breath to myself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you should have told us that at the beginning, Alex. I, I do want to mention yeah, that Me- Metallica was noted for uh, by the media for their excessive drinking habit while they're on tour, Alcoholica, er, earning the nickname Alcoholica, the band members occasionally even wore satirical T-shirts reading "Alcohol, Alcoholica, drank them all." <laughs> I think you used to be able to buy those, like like out at the back of like Metal Edge or whatever. Yeah, sure. yeah. Everybody here has seen some kind of monster, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I actually, Alex, have you? No. We'll talk more about some kind of monster uh, in their later work, yeah. Kyle. Uh, did you were you able to listen to Cliff Mall or at least uh, watch a little bit of it, buddy? No, I haven't. Oh man, yeah, that's Alex, a, no. I was thinking about that when I was driving home today. No, I was like, I, no, no I know Mall Rob's going to bring this up. Cliff Mall, the the sort of bootlegish uh, video yeah. is is quite good. It show uh, it showcases I, Cliff Burton. Yeah, I think I saw that. Yeah, it's uh, it it it's it, like Cliff Burton died at twenty four. Like he uh, he played on three records mm-hmm. of theirs and uh it's just like live footage like because luckily we're living in the age of video here and mm-hmm. like somebody just taking a uh, taking a mix off the uh the old uh board there but yeah like cliff god damn like he was uh kind of like more towards a steve harris type of a uh, bass player like opting for uh finger picking as opposed to uh actual picking and like the melodic way that he played was just, it's, uh, it's important. Yeah. It's important what he did. And had he not passed away as early as he did and a tragic, tragic, you know what I forgot to say? God damn it. At the beginning of this episode, like, Oh, we got a real Cliff Burton situation here because apparently I've said that like a thousand times <laughs> beforehand talking oh about other gosh. bass players. I missed it. Shit. Uh, Burton, this is a Cliff Burton situation. Virtual edit it back in. Are you done? Yeah. Uh, Burton was killed in 1986 when their tour bus skidded off the icy road in Sweden. Uh, his funeral was held at October 7th, 1986, Chapel of the Valley in his hometown, Castro Valley, California. He was cremated and his ashes were spread at a place where he spent a lot of time, the Maxwell Ranch. Oh, I wanted to mention uh, that the parents of Cliff Burton have been quietly donating his royalties to the music program of his former high school ever since his tragic death. Oh, that's fucking, that was, fucking sweet. Absolutely wonderful. Yeah, and um, 
Yeah. Uh, what, what was I going to say? But uh, that was directly after. The, that was on. It was the, on this tour. This yeah. tour. Like they were, they were, like pre this album coming out. They were mm-hmm. on tour Damaging. for the album coming out, and they were opening for Ozzy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like it uh, was uh, Sweden where, mm-hmm. where where he passed. Um, yeah, like it. Yeah, he uh, the bus flipped and he he died. Yeah, the roadie claimed that he hit black ice. Some say he was drinking or intoxicated. So, and, and the only reason he died, right, was that he was he sleeping was thro- by an open window. He was thrown out of the window. Yeah, he died instantly, though. So he was in the top bunk and yep. then mm-hmm. went out the window. Yep. Yeah, but yeah, like he like Cliff was so good that when Metallica saw him like with his other band, like. At a show in Los Angeles, they're like, "Well, you're gonna be much join Metallica," and he was like, "I don't want to fucking live in Los Angeles. If you guys move out of the Bay Area, sure." And like fucking James and uh, Lars moved to the Bay Area because Cliff was that fucking good. Yeah, he was definitely good. Like two people were like, "Yeah, fuck it, we're doing it." I did want to mention too one more thing. A little, a little note I thought was cool. On Master of Puppets, uh, James Hetfield plays the first solo, and during the slow instrumental part, Kirk uh, plays the final fast heavy solo. While they're playing the solo, Kirk pulled the top string off the fretboard of the guitar, usually done by accident. So it's like when you pull it basically off the fret, it's a mistake normally. Uh, But it made this really high, like shrill sound, and everyone loved it, so they just kept it on the track that way. Mm. Excellent. I tried to listen for it, and I was like... I. I need to, I need to listen a little bit harder. Oh, and Disposable Heroes is from uh, Fahrenheit 451. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, Cliff Burton's bass section from the starting point of Orion. Uh, he he wanted a different sounding piece, and he said it almost sounds like a Swedish folk song. He wanted that sound that that song to sound like something <laughs> completely almost alien from what Metallica yeah, was man. currently doing. So, I thought he did it. Pretty good job. Hell yeah, you did. Yeah. Um, it's a great song, except for the gong. Yeah. <laughs> the gong does, I mean, it puts a certain spin on it. Yeah. Absolutely. It takes you out of it, for yeah, sure. Yeah, it can. The, like, Lars borrowed uh, the drummer from Def Leppard's uh, L- Ludwig snare. Black Beauty Snare. Yep. Yeah. Um, for this um, and the right. fact, like, what what I was most surprised was that all the songs were, with the exception of like two, were written by uh, just specifically Lars and uh, James Hetfield, mm-hmm. like in a garage, mm-hmm. and then they brought everybody yeah. else in. Yeah. Why did he borrow that snare? It's pretty common. They still uh, make it. No, that Black Beauty. No, was, it was uh, rare. Very, very rare. Yeah. It was they a specific one. No, no, no. Oh. I th- I think you're thinking of a different. So. What was so special about it? The timbre. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I should have known that. Feels snappy. Uh, it did peak on number 29th on the Billboard 200. Received wide acclaim. Yeah, and also this album is, I think, their best sell. No, no, can't be. Black Album has to be their best selling. Uh, but this- it, it does have six... I think it's six times platinum. This album is the first metal record to be introduced into the um, uh, Congressional uh, Library of Congress. Mm-hmm. 
congressional. (laughs) (laughs) Into the non-redundant Library of Congress, and that happened in 2015. (laughs) Into Congress's Congressional Library of Congress. (laughs) Uh, So how do we feel? How do we feel about this I mean, Birch, it's a $900 snare, but they still make it. (laughs) No, dude, it was... was, this specific one's really rare. Trust me, it was rare at the time. What's it called again? Black Beauty. They, what they probably—that's uh, probably a nine hundred dollar replica. The Black Beauty snare. I remember this now. It actually the snares are not made out of metal, as normal, <laughs> but they're made out of horse gut from Black Beauty, <laughs> which is the. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen that movie. It's a movie about a boy and his horse. But the movie was actually uh, scored by scored Danny by Danny Elfman. All right. Yeah, and the horse, you know, has provided a lot of entertainment long after. I was trying to get us out of here. It, it I passed this more. It, 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 God, yeah. I hate you <laughs> so much. All right, what do we think? Classic. Kyle says classic. Thumbs up. I, I'm firmly in the positive. I mean, this album best Metallica is record, right? My favorite Metallica record. I think I would have to say so. Yes. I'd argue it, but I wouldn't argue. It's no that Lulu. Hard. Yeah. What do you think, Alex? You know, I started it's very kinda... negative. I started very negative, and it's not my favorite Metallica record, but... What is your favorite Metallica record? I think Kill Em All. Yeah. Yeah. Just start with you're, the... You're, you're, you're a thrash boy. You know, and I like I like the... I don't like the clean lines. I mean, like, I think that, like, you know, the, the, the um, you know, virtuosic kind of perfection of this turns me off a little bit. Okay, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> okay. Um, but... You know, listening to this and actually listening to it, talking with with all of you, and not just sitting there, you know, by myself listening to it, I have to say, warmed me up to it a bit. Yeah. So I I I'd leave this feeling less negative about it. Yeah. Certainly not my favorite yeah. thrash album or Metallica album, but okay, yeah, good deal. And Disposable Heroes is great. Yeah, totally. Yeah, this is one of my favorite records that yeah. ever existed. So it's it's a positive. There's yeah. an A with I think thirteen pluses behind. It. <laughs> Awesome. All right, next time we'll be talking about the the infected. All right, thanks, y'all. We do-